and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Ryan, the cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan. Welcome, Ryan. Have a nice uh, evening for you, uh, or morning for yeah, you. Yeah, it's morning, actually. Evening for me? Yeah, sorry. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is uh, just me and you this time. We get to have a little bit more fun when we do that. We don't uh, have to take ourselves quite so seriously. So you brought me a topic for this week. What is it that you think we should be talking about in the World of Pioneer? Well, uh, I thought we should talk about value. I feel like, you know, everyone's always talking about, oh, this card is so good. This card is so good. And I feel like there's a lot of cards that have kind of been missed or, you know, looked over. And, you know, of course, I want to talk about, like, what cards are actually played in the pioneer format like what what are the value cards that people are playing but also i, I want to explore a little bit of like wow this is actually also you know gives you a lot of value why aren't people playing hmm. it so kind of again we're the pioneers we're first pioneers we're exploring and that's you know we're just uh living up to that moniker <laughs> yeah we're not pioneering in the explorer format we're <laughs> exploring in the pioneer format exactly so just keeping it standard in a modern way. So let me set this up. Let me ask you, when you think of value, like what criteria do you use? What does a value card have to do to be considered a value card? So that that is already a tough question because I think that there is some variance. Mm. I'm thinking that it's about cards. Uh, you know, I don't care about life totals as much. I'm thinking about cards and it's about board presence. Mm-hmm. So I do think that, you know, a draw three card is certainly value. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's less value than a, you know, put three creatures into play yeah. kind of card. So, But both create value. A, a little bit. Yeah, I think both create value. I think that I lean towards, you know, board presence matters. Cards total card value matters. Mm-hmm. Um, life total, you know, speed probably matters a little bit less Mm -hmm. so i care about cheap two for ones but i probably care about them less than if we're talking straight value than a three for one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, i could see that i definitely uh, have some cards on here that give me card advantage um i'm like you said but i'm Mm -hmm. also thinking like a two for ones three for ones something that gives you multiple modes to choose from um uh another one uh, so even if you can't cast two or more at the same time, being able to play a card again, I also consider value. Uh, so, you know, anything that maybe you can play from the graveyard or something that you can play, um, you know, maybe, for example, like Adventures, that's something I'll probably be talking about today as well. You know, something that you can play twice. I, I feel that that kind of gives you uh, some kind of value. And I would also say something that has like multi multiple activations um something something like sagas that you know you you get three things out of one card that's value i think not all of them are created equal but i i believe that still yeah, creates yeah. value for you as well yeah i mean if it's like you know a creature gets plus one plus one to the end of the turn that's probably not value mm-hmm. but i agree but there's some that do some that don't so yeah i thought we could talk about that so yeah we have we have a lot of different types of cards that we can talk about today so do you want to just like jump right into this and kind of talk about what you think are the best value cards for each color i have a couple from each i'd like two or three yeah i think that's fair um do you want to start wooberg or do you want to kind of just wing it play around do wooberg i mean unless you know you can't think of any off the top of your head I have a couple. I didn't. I actually had. I know starting off with white. White is definitely a tough one it because is. it's kind of like, ooh, that's not There's the not a lot of value. color of value mm. usually. 
Um, I had a few that come to mind, but they're not like huge pioneer cards, probably. Um, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind, kind of a cheap value town card, is like Night of the White Orchid is a yeah. two for one. It's a two mana two for one. You can't you can't uh, fault those. It's literally um, exp- expressive iteration, right? Yeah. How could it not be? Um, for me, I chose. I went with like Sunset Revelry is one of them. I, I people aren't playing. That's not it, a bad one. But, you know, it gives you three. It's modes. not played a lot. Yeah, it, it does. When you do get a chance to play it, it does get you a lot of value. Um, and again, th- these are the best value cards. Maybe not the be- the the top played ones, but I still like that card a lot. Uh, yeah. I also like uh, Kenrith. I kind of feel like Kenrith gives you a lot of value if you can get him into play. Okay, you know, that's a little bit cheating to call him value card. one color, but I think that uh, that definitely applies. Mm-hmm. It's a white card with yeah. different color activations. <laughs> but. It is a white card, although the three colors that it uses in the deck that it plays... You know, it's mostly yeah. played in the Naya Winota deck, yeah. uh, and that deck being green, white, and red, none of those actually provide card advantage. It's life gain, plus and plus encounters, and haste trample, uh, which are all really good and all really important modes. Uh, but the actual card advantage no. ones are the, you know, the draw a card and reanimate, and those ones come with blue and black. Yeah. We do see that sometimes in the... Uh, the enigmatic incarnation decks but that's not super common i think right now mm-hmm. you know i don't think that's stock incarnation lists right now mm-hmm. uh any other white cards bring to mind when you think of uh value um you know i think about some of the planeswalkers i think it's also probably worth mentioning that you know sweepers are card advantage uh you know the best sweepers in the format aren't really the mono white ones but i could say farewell is certainly yeah a, a yeah advantage card and um, that'd probably be my pick speaking of planeswalkers i did not want to include planeswalkers on on any of these lists oh on any of these lists That's i feel like you just know, because i was thinking planeswalkers are always gonna be value right is there any time playing a planeswalker is not value um i mean Dovin, Tybalt. Van Dovin, <laughs> but, but i mean i would say most of the time you like your head on the board you get something automatically it's kind of too easy for me that's why i didn't include the planeswalkers I think it's easy, but I think it's also worth providing the context, being like, hey, you know, what is providing you more card advantage, if we're talking about advantage, or what is providing you more value in red, playing, like, uh, the three mana Chandra, the one mm-hmm. that makes two elementals, or playing a Fable of the Mirror Breaker? You know, if we're looking at red, and I think it's worth being able to say, like, hey, you know, it's worth thinking about whether or not this is going to provide you more value, value yeah. in the long I mean, term. Yeah, Torture Defiance, um, as yeah. a Planeswalker, would be definitely the... Chandra that's going to give you the best uh, value and, and I would say also the new one the address to kill then if you're doing red for example but we'll, we'll come to that yes we're not meaning to skip ahead yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to go too hard on we don't have to go too hard on planeswalkers you know the white planeswalkers aren't just bombs of value either they're most you know creating creatures mm-hmm. um you know like I wouldn't make shouting out like the new Elspeth or the Elspeth that comes back just because coming back is pseudo card advantage mm-hmm. Uh, but that's fair. Um, the only other one I was thinking of, you know, not really finding a home, but Restoration Specialist is a two-for-one. Which one's that again? That one's the one that, the three-mana, three-two lifelink that brings back a two or lower mana value creature from your graveyard to play, but that creature can't attack or block. Well, the Restoration, or what is it? It's not Restoration Specialist. Uh, it's um, the Extraction rest- Specialist. I keep yeah, messing yeah, those yeah, two yeah. up. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's a newer card. I didn't dive too hard into the the newer cards but i would definitely agree that that is a good value card it hasn't really uh proven itself yet in the pioneer format but still pretty good Mm. um i mean i don't know if you want to talk about cards that aren't 
as good. But I mean, I want to talk about cards that have potential, but I'm not sure where to put this. Elspeth Conquers Death. Saw play you before. Know, it, it's good. Yeah, it's definitely in an awkward spot right now is kind of where it's at. And I mean, I just think, you know, just because uh, there's a lot of aggro going around, if mid-range becomes a big thing, it could definitely be a good card again. But I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit, like cards that could be good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm done with white if you want to move on to blue. I think blue has a lot of value cards. Yeah, blue, you know, it's the color of card draw. We can definitely think that there are some. You want to do the obvious Card ones, advantage then? cards. <laughs> Uh, let's start with like the cheapest one. You know, if we're talking about one mana, let's go Treasure Cruise. Yes, <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> you know, one mana, draw three cards. Yep. Seems like a pretty good card in a couple of formats. Amazing value. Um, and also dig through time. Of course, we have to kind of have those together, right? Yeah, and that's that's where you know it's probably worth bringing up the idea of we're talking about value, and those two cards exemplify two different flavors of value as far as card advantage mm-hmm. is. Treasure Cruise is twice as good as Dig Through Time if you're talking about a card advantage mm-hmm. standpoint because you're spending one card, you're getting three back, that's plus two. Mm-hmm. Dig Through Time, you're spending one card, getting two back, that's plus one. So two is twice as much card advantage as one. But you get that the doesn't card mean that choice. Dig Through Time is yes. So the card choice, you're getting the best two cards mm-hmm. out of seven. Um, that's almost you know quite a bit more value in the kind of decks that care about having the specific cards that matter so it's in something like a control deck where you're running you know 26 27 lands Mm -hmm. in some cases half the cards you're going to be looking at are going to be useless so half of the card advantage from a a a treasure cruise is not very good whereas a dig through time you're going to be getting the most important card all of the time um i mean do we want to talk about memory deluge as well then in the same kind of in the same vein yeah, I mean, hey, we said that uh, Dig Through Time is two, Treasure Cruise is three, uh, Memory Deluge is four, so let's keep up uh, that counting. And I think that we'll Memory Deluge, it yeah. really is, well, well, it, in the long term, mm-hmm. you're going to get four cards out of it, because yeah. you're going to see two the first time and two the time you flash it back. True, true. Um, if you've ever played something like a blue-white versus blue-white mirror, having deluge instead of having dig it's unbelievable the difference it makes just because of that uh that raw card number advantage mm-hmm. uh what uh, i mean i have a couple more I w- but you want to do one or should i do one uh keep going because you know i'm happy to talk about the cards if you want to keep uh, I, my ideas fresh because I'm, I'm you're the one who prepares a lot better I, than i do <laughs> i wanted to kind of again kind of put these two together because they kind of go together both of the adventure cards brazen borrower and fey of wishes I think they're both really good value cards. You can cast them twice. You know, yeah, you know, there there's some advantage from being able to cast things twice. You know, a bounce to hand spell isn't technical card advantage, so that's still a one for one. Mm-hmm. Just it, it provides a lot of um, tempo. Yeah, is what that card really is. Well, it takes one of Fate their cards off, technically... and you put one into play, right? So. Yes, but they get that card still. In you know, if yeah. the game's going long enough, they will get that card back into play, yeah. and then it's a one for one parity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's not truly advantage. Uh, in a long enough game, Fae Wishes can be card advantage because you can play it, bounce it back to your mm-hmm. hand, find multiple cards from your sideboard. Yeah. Um, for the most part, though, that's a card best, right? selection kind of card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, like I'm, I like being able to choose, you know, hey, I can, I need this creature to block here, or I need, you know, uh, this card from my sideboard. You know, I, I like that uh, versatility. I think that creates value. 
Yeah, and you know, if we're talking about value, I almost consider consider to have some value. Uh, mm. You know, you're only drawing one card for one mana, but putting a card into your graveyard could be considered value. There are yeah. certainly times where we have to think about that as you are providing, you know, if that's a card that you can bring back, that's almost like it's a two for one for one mana. So I, don't, Whereas, I think it, there's, yeah. there's like a thin line between being an enabler and uh, like actually just being like a all out value card. Because, like, for example, I didn't add Stitch or Supplier. That adds three cards to my graveyard, which is amazing for graveyard decks. Uh, but yeah. I, I wouldn't consider it a, a value card. You know what I mean? Well, maybe we should. You know, you're playing it for the value and the fact that you get it twice. I, I don't hate considering Stitch or Supplier as a value card. Okay. Uh, you know, and I just wanted to point out the irony, maybe, of... Let's go to the other side of that, mm-hmm. is Omnipotence. Mm. What is that? Nine mana to hardcast it? Omnipotence or omni- Omniscience? Omniscience, sorry. Yeah, is it, I think it's like it's 10 mana. I want to say it's like 7 blue, blue, blue. Maybe. That might be right. It might be 10 mana. That is zero card advantage. So, mm. you know, zero value. Uh, at least if we're describing value purely mm-hmm. as card advantage. Obviously, there is board presence, hand presence, well, mana acceleration presence that comes from that. Y- but if we're talking pure card advantage, it is a zero for, or, you know, it's a, it's a one for zero. Would you consider uh, uh, Enter the Infinite card advantage? I would. Hey, there we go. We're drawing some cards. <laughs> um, yeah, we drew like all our. You know, cards, I almost wanted basically. to see. Yeah, and then it, there, it's interesting to bring up the topic of something like you know, Sphinx's Revelation has never ever broken out in Pioneer. Mm. Um, I don't even think in a fringe state it has really shown up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just interesting to think about: is that there are cards that could draw you five, six, seven cards, and they don't really see play just because the trade-off in value for putting cards in your hand is often not worth taking the entire turn off and not having a card yeah. that has application earlier in the game for you. Like Sphinx's Revelation really does not. Um, so, so that's worth thinking about. Yeah. Um, that's something we can mention. Uh, yeah, there, there's other ones like the... It was a Poro... No, what, what is the... Yeah. Um, there's the one that's like Blue Blue X, you draw X cards and then discard one. Uh, yeah. They're similar. From um, Amenket, right? Pull from Tomorrow? Yeah, pull from tomorrow. Yeah, you'd also almost shout out uh, Gadwick. Um, he will mm-hmm. in the occasional times that you see Blue Devotion show up, he is often a like draw five, draw six card, and that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I would you consider Shark Typhoon card advantage, or I mean not card advantage, but uh, a value card? Hmm. You get to discard it. You know, I think always get, yes. So it, yeah, the it. front side should be. Well, yeah, the yep. main the main mm-hmm. side, I'm calling it the front side, yep. but it's technically the alternative mode, is cycling it. You get a creature and you get a card. Two cards that for one. Is, that's card advantage, yeah. yeah. Or if you play it, you're winning. So, <laughs> basically. <laughs> or, or you're losing and it's uh, it's already over. Yeah. But yeah, that, that'll happen. Uh, any other blue cards you want to talk about that you think uh, create a lot of value? I mean, best cards. Remember, just the best cards. If they're not that good, we can talk about those a little bit later. I have a couple that I can throw by you. But these are the ones I think that are the best. Go for it. No, I'm just saying, that's blue. I mean... Oh, that's blue? You're ready to move on to... I'm ready to move on to black, unless you have something. Berg? Yes. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to black. I think black has some interesting ones. So, Stitcher Supplier, you say yeah? Yeah, I'm going to say yeah to Stitcher Supplier. I am down with that being a card advantage card. All right. I'll let you go first this time. What do you think is a good black card uh, i gotta shout out my my guy invoke despair yeah i think it's really good best value it's not being played um but it is being played it, it's showing up here bit. and there you know we're seeing it in some versions of like black red 
mid-range. Uh, mm. We're seeing it in some various fires deck, which is how I had originally been pushing it. I, I think it's a card that's just raw enough card advantage that it does show up. I picked up uh, four. I picked up a play set for hey. like uh, five bucks. Sweet. So they're a little expensive here, but worth it, worth it. After hey, after hearing you talk about it, I, I'm, I'm convinced. You know, it's seeing play in other formats, so that's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, I didn't understand how it worked, that you actually get it, that it like basically triggers three times. Yeah. So that's nice. You know, they lose six life and you can draw three cards if they don't have anything. Yeah, it's a guaranteed three for one. So if you're drawing the three cards, they're losing six life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not great if you're talking about pure card advantage. Well, it's not great if you're talking about board presence, mm-hmm. but that would mean that they already didn't have a board presence. Mm-hmm. So that's probably perfectly fine against anything except Lotus Field. Yeah. Uh, so my next card, I like Meat Hook Massacre. I mean, ooh, okay, you go get, to the sweepers again. Yeah, you kill everything, you gain life, and then you can they can also lose life, right? If no, no, it's lose life if your creature dies, and gain life if their creature if, dies. If your creature dies, they lose life. Yeah, if their creature dies, you gain life. It's a lot of value right there. I like it. It is. It is. Uh, anything else in black that you want to talk about? That Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some big ones in black. So I think that uh, one we got to call out is Go Blank being one of the cheaper two-for-ones in black. Why is that? Oh, just because the exile effect, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's rare that Mind Rot would find play in a competitive format. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess older formats will play him to Turok, but that one has the advantage of just sometimes making somebody lose the game instantly, mm. as well as, you know, just being a two-for-one for two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the exile mode is really important. There's a lot of value in getting rid of cards in people's yeah. graveyards, especially as kind of a freebie, which GoBlank very much feels like. Uh, okay. Another one, you know, if we're talking... I, I did want to talk about those, like, outliers that are just huge card advantage. Got to call out uh, Citadel. Bolus of Citadel, you know, Bolus Citadel yeah. being, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> can sometimes just drop, you know, 10 cards into play and win the game on the spot is usually how you're playing it. Yeah, I miss, I miss those days of the Citadel, you know, Gen Citadel uh, matchups. That was a couple seasons back, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, do you consider something like Kalidus to be card advantage? I would say yes, because, you know, unless they kill it, but, like, if they, if it's trading with something, you, you're still getting a 2-2 zombie and exiling another card from it. Um, if you have yeah, so any as long kind of as you removal, count that zombie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. if you have removal, you're getting value from it. I mean, I I, I definitely would consider it um, a value card. Okay. Um, Champion of the Dusk, the four four vampire for was, five, is also I would was say definitely going to call that one out. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because you know you're at least getting one card when you're playing it sometimes mm-hmm. two sometimes three sometimes four and i think any, anything that you know replaces itself or gets you more i think can be considered value yeah i you know i know you didn't want to talk about planeswalkers too much but it's worth calling out soren for that same reason and i think even more soren the mirthless uh is one of the mm. best yeah just pure card advantage cards we've seen in a while in black yeah uh and along with that you know in those black mid-range decks we've been seeing the three mana is it cemetery trespasser i always graveyard trespasser graveyard i keep trespasser. messing it up yeah. with the cemetery, cemetery? From, the, from the following set no it's graveyard trespasser graveyard. okay and then graveyard glutton i think on is the back. that actually value i mean i guess it is value i just didn't see it as the best value because it's, it's only one one for one and it's not always gonna hit creatures but yeah it's 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 kind of an interesting one because though. you get your value if they kill it yeah because if they target it with a kill spell you're getting 
that two for and one effectively. I guess you know with you know the uh, uh, graveyard being so big in in this you know current format as well. I guess it we can consider it to actually be very valuable. So, you know, maybe something we should be doing here is kind of thinking about, like, if we were to play a pure mid-range deck in any of these mono colors as we're talking about them, what what kind of cards would we be looking like? You know, I feel like we, we skipped over, like, Thraben Inspector. That's something I thought about in white being a two-for-one. Yeah. You know, for one mana. Um, if I were to talk about a blue mid-range, that would be tough ask. I would probably be looking at something like Gadrick. Black mid-range, we've kind of... We've kind of seen, but it's mostly gone to red-black. Mm-hmm. But there, again, we'd be looking at this Trespasser. We'd be looking at Soren. We would be looking at Go Blank. Maybe the five drops with something like yeah. Invoke Despair. Yeah. Uh, any other black cards, or do you want to move on to red? Let's go ahead and move on to red. I think red's got a lot. Red yeah. is a very good color in Pioneer. <laughs> um, you want to talk about the uh, the mirror in the room? Yeah, a Fibble and Mirror Breaker, such a wonderful card. Oh I love that it's kind of a like staple pioneer mm-hmm. card and it doesn't really feel that it has the same impact anywhere else um just because it's a little bit slower for older formats mm-hmm. and not quite powerful enough things to copy or discard in standard so it's kind of like it's the pioneer card yeah. and i love that and we, we've said uh, you know not only it's naturally a two for one it makes you a creature and it makes you a creature when it flips mm-hmm. over but it also you know discards two draws two it the the creature that it makes eventually can create additional value mm-hmm. by copying cards that make you value you know something yeah. like a blood tithe harvester that's going to kill something or anything that draws you a card when it enters the battlefield and it's going to discard you cards and draw you cards so it filters your hand into something mm-hmm. better it kind of just does everything exactly. love that card exactly. gotta shout it out as much as possible and i was going to say we've said before that you know pioneer is kind of the format of enchantments and this just goes to prove you know Ooh, there you go enchantments kick butt in pioneer uh okay i feel like we've said that less since uh auras kind of died with the luris band mm-hmm. but it's still fair <laughs> uh since we're talking since that's a saga uh the other good saga i would say in red is uh kumano faces kakazan um showing up yes in red. i don't i don't know it's tough to call that one value you know you're getting a plus one plus one counter as your value and you're and then a, and a two two eventually and a two two i mean you get you get one damage plus a two two creature with haste that's kind of. Yeah. I mean, in a in a red deck, that's very very good to get all that stuff. You, you that's the stuff you, you want to be dealing damage. You want to have a creature in play. You want fast creatures. So. Okay. Yeah, but where's the value? I don't feel the value when I when I see it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I want my two for ones. Uh, um, you know, quick shout out for any kind of sweeper. Uh, Anger of the gods is a big one because exile matters a lot. I think that. Uh, what's the one that the blue red prowess decks have been playing that has foretell red deck or the red card i don't know yeah there's like a red anger there's like an anger of the gods that does two mana but it has foretell uh and it's supposed to be playing because they've got a lot of three toughness creatures uh, i can't recall the name right off the top of my head though i don't know a lot of those new cards sorry if, uh, if, if it doesn't show up like yeah. all over the place in the format then like i, I don't know the name <laughs> and we can say chain whirler as well while we're here okay okay um i for sorry if i'm going next uh collective defiance definitely has proven mm. that it's a great value card um hitting a planeswalker hitting a, car, a creature and um you know cycling someone's uh hand or your your own hand um has just been really good like in the the blue red um you know else or sorry narset decks for example um yeah we, we skipped the planeswalkers in blue but narset yeah. would apply there 
Uh, any other Planeswalkers in blue that we skipped? You know, the, the five-mana Jaces don't really make the cut. The four-mana one hasn't since mm-hmm. Inverter was a deck. Uh, I mean, I guess there's, like, the Baby Jace. Yeah, it doesn't really see much play. Yeah. I don't consider Thing in the Ice to be valuable. I had it in my doesn't-see playlist. Six-mana Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, Collective Defiance, I think a lot of people are, are waking up to this card, you know, being, you know, just creating so much value for you. I've seen some people playing it in my uh, pet decks, you know, like West, Waste Not. Um, I think there's mm-hmm. definitely going to be uh, more room for it in the future. Uh, anything else in red? I have one more, but I'll let you go first. Go for it. I'm choking. <laughs> um Bone Crusher Giant, I think, is another good one. You kill something or deal two damage, and then you play it as a four through the next turn. Again, it's two two activations, two parts for one card. Oh yeah, yeah. We skipped over uh, the adventure creature in black as well. I had that one on my Murderous list. Murderous Rider. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, I consider. I hasn't seen a lot of play. I do like it a lot, though. You know, the the life gain is is definitely relevant. Uh, killing everything is definitely relevant. It's all play in mono black, I want to say, and also in devotion. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the vampires deck, I think, is running it because it's just a two for one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for red for me, at least for at least as far as the top cards are concerned. Uh, do you want to move on to green? Green is a lot. Uh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't so, know. So, okay, let, let's get the cat out of the bag. Uh-huh. Uh, if Omniscience isn't card advantage, then Elvish Mystic is not value? Nah, not really. It's a ramp card. I don't think it creates value. You, you know, like putting it on the, to the battlefield uh, off a top deck is not value, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably fair to say it's not value. Uh, but just wanted to put it out of the way because, like, you know, Advancing your board state is obviously hugely important, mm-hmm. uh, but if we're talking about a long enough game, that's where we want to have value, and I would not consider an Elvish Mystic, a Lana War Elf, to be value in that context. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just being very technical this episode. Don't mind me. Okay. Uh, biggest card for value in green is going to be Collected Company, correct? Uh, that's a big one. I think that's an important one for sure. You know, putting two cards into play, especially powerful, three drops is huge. It's always been huge. Um, that's why that uh, that uh, archetype has stuck around for so long, and it keeps on reinventing itself. You know, we had the Bant Spirits, now we have the Bant, or sorry, not the Bant, we have the, um, well, I guess we'd say Bant Angels, but it's basically Celestia Angels. Um, and we had Humans as well, I think, is another one the, with the Collected Company. Um, yeah. So we got, yeah. that's always going to be around. So that's the biggest... Uh, the best one of the best value cards in green. What else do you see as a value card? Let's see. Um, sorry, I'm still if choking. Go if ahead. You're struggling. <laughs> if you're struggling, yeah. Okay. What do you think of Cavalier of Thorns? Cavalier of Thorns is a great one. Yeah. Uh, any of the Planeswalkers as well is where I was going, and I was like, oh no, you're you're not counting my uh my Planeswalkers here. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to skip these um, because Nissa, I think, makes value every turn. I think that the Vivians are all really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially the I guess the five man Vivian that lets you put play stuff from the top of your uh, your deck as well is pretty good. Um, speaking of five mana cards, though, how about Elder Gargaroth? Would you consider that Elder a- Gargaroth? Definitely. Uh, yeah, that that's on my list. I also have I mean, here. Um, 
we always say like chariot. I was gonna say we always say that like creatures that you know can die and like that's you know a problem. But what's gonna kill an Elder Gargaroth, right? You're gonna get yeah, one not, of those activations. I mean, it's just a massive body, and you're either gonna draw a card, gain three life, or what's the other? Make a three three beast. It's amazing. Yeah. And in that same vein, the Titan of Industry is kind of yeah. the, the big version of that. Yeah, <laughs> Love that card. Yeah. Kind of want to build uh, so that So let's now. talk Asika's Chariot, yep. because that not only is a two-for-one making two creatures and having a body, but it also clones additional yep. tokens afterwards, so it just kind of keeps keeps adding that value. Yep, yep. I love Asika's Chariot. I agree with that one. Um, I would say Ranger Class is another one yes strapped off but not it's, immediately but it definitely does you know you get the uh 2-2 body uh from playing it and then you can uh what's the second activation you play you put a uh, whenever you oh. attack you put a plus and plus encounter yeah. on an attacking creature yeah and then three is, is like five mana you get to play cards off the top of your library Four, right? yeah yeah so yeah four to be able to play creatures off the top of your okay. library yeah i think that's an important one um, you know, in the same vein, we haven't seen Corsair Crucifix in a while, mm-hmm. but that's kind of one of those. You know, if we end up with an Omnath deck again, I can see Corsair showing up. Okay. Um, another one, I would also consider Old Growth Troll to be value because, ooh, you know, okay. it dies, it comes back, it can be used again. So it's kind of like, kind of like creature flashback, I guess. I don't know. Close to a two for one, yeah, maybe. Close, and it, it's free to come back. Is what's nice about it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to pay any any mana. Um, and one more. I have one more green card that I think creates a lot of value. Um, for at least the aggro decks, and that's the werewolf pack leader. Mm. With the pack tactics, oh, yeah. you know, if you have was it six or more, you get to draw a card. That's great for an aggro card. That is a great one. Uh, anything else in green that comes to mind? Any other planeswalkers you think we might have missed? that you wanted to talk about oh, that I definitely didn't have online. Let's see the last time I've played something like Mono Green, <laughs> for Ooh. example. What about the uh, flashback card? Um, oh, uh, Storm of the Festival. Yeah. What do you think? Is that a Yeah, that's card? a big one. Yeah, it, it is. I'm still at the point where I kind of feel like a fair Storm of the Festival deck isn't good enough in Pioneer. You know, we see that a lot in Standard is that people are playing, you know, kind of a dinky mid-range deck with Storm of the Festival where they're just, you know, ramping to six naturally and playing it as a value six drop. I feel like that is too slow in Pioneer. Uh, the fact that it can miss, the fact that it, you know, can, you can still cast it and lose is a little bit slow in Pioneer, except for the unfair deck that gets to A, ramp to it mm-hmm. very quickly, and B, kind of combo off either actually or effectively once you've got it in play. It's six cards, right? It's top five cards, top five. anything five or less. Five, five or less. So you can play two that are five or less, right? Yeah, up to two that are five or less, okay. including lands. But I see, I see. Nice, nice. Okay, um, let's move on to multicolor. I think a lot of good multicolor ones. I have. Yeah, we might have to go through these. Maybe it may at least one in each color pair. Uh, if you want. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways we could do this. I only have like four. I only I didn't want because I know you hate me when I make like thirty or forty. Of my top <laughs> list, so I only have like four for my top multicolor cards. Number one, I think, is Niv Mizzet. Okay. okay, so you're going straight to the five color. Yeah, that's fair. That's a uh, draw three, draw four out of the top ten. Yeah, um, that's a huge value card. Tons of value from that. And what what's your choice for uh, a value card? Oh god, if I only have to pick one, it, it gets tough. Um, I was gonna say Tybalt. 
Okay. Is that multicolor? Is that black? I don't know. I'm calling that black red. We didn't mention it in black, and that is an immediate two for one at the very least. Yeah, you get to play and if they it don't again kill too, it, right? It's two man. It's two cards every turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, you don't have to pick one. I'm just saying, what would you pick? <laughs> okay, you know, I was thinking like, Teferi is a huge one. Yeah, drawing a card every turn. Yep, definitely Teferi, the Hero of Dominaria, of course. Yeah, Hero of Dominaria. That's a big one. Um, I would say Culligan's Command is probably the best command out there. You're... Yes, that's the most obvious two for one of the commands. Mm-hmm. You know, Prismari can be a two for one. Yeah, but it's a lot rarer that it is. You know, and of course, you know, we got like. I don't know. Would you consider Jermoka's command to be good? Uh, not in a long time. No, we just don't have any like green-white aggressive decks. Mm. Uh, there's not as much red damage mm-hmm. removal. I, you know, it's hard to say that because there is a lot of red in the format right now. Uh, but I still think that Jermoka's command suffers a little bit. When burn was a thing, it was pretty big. I think, like when we had Lotus yeah, burn. I guess. I mean, I wouldn't say big, but even, people played it. Even that it just didn't have a home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. You have another. I have a couple more, but I don't want to steal. Yeah, keep keep going. No, uh, Omnath, Locus of Creation. That's a big one. Uh, draw a card on entry can make mana value yep. and life after that. Yep, yep, exactly. So a lot of value from there. And I don't know. Uh, what do you think of Jeskai Ascendancy? Is this value? Technically, no. You know, if we're counting it, that is just card selection mm-hmm. because you're drawing card, discarding card. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, even I'm trying to think one of the ascendancies I would say is the most value and maybe like the Grixis one, but that one's not great overall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any other multicolor cards? Any other, for example, Planeswalkers you think we might we might be missing? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be. I'm sure we're missing some big ones here. I'm just kind of quick going through my color pairs. Um, green, white doesn't have much. White, red... Not a lot in white red. No, no, we got like missing something big. Look here, okay, here's a big one: enigmatic incarnation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, I think that's a huge value card. I think that expressive iteration is the other huge yep, value card. Yep. The other EI that I sometimes miss up. Yep. Uh, you know, just because two for ones are awesome, and that's the kind of the cheapest two for one in the format a lot of the time. Yeah, and people are saying it's like it's even better than probably Dig and or not. Maybe it wasn't Dig. Someone's like, maybe they did say it's better than Dig. Just. <laughs> you know maybe that's good it's good it's really good um, it is really quite exceptional you know crackling drake in the same vein is also yeah. two for one uh not not a two mana two for one though um, blue red probably has a few more that we're missing here mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to think what else is there i mean magnum opus maybe not because you know it has <laughs> i mean if we play. want pure card advantage it's worth talking about yeah it, that's but it's not like the best i would say it's something that could see play Sure. Um, yeah, and I think you you'd wanted to talk a little bit about this. Yeah, so. and we'll, we'll we'll jump into that in a little bit, real quick. Let's just finish off the artifacts and colorless. Um, sure. Anything worth mentioning? You know, Golos. I think of yes. immediately when I think of of artifacts yes. slash colorless slash five color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the Cascading Cataracts, right, is the deck. Yeah, either Cascading Cataracts or the World Tree, yep. uh, kind of depending on the deck. You know, th- that's something I think I would love to bring on someone who, like, plays a lot of the mono-white devotion deck because mm-hmm. I see people go either way, and it's tough in that deck because I feel like you can sometimes make a lot of white mana and then transform that using the Cataracts. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's worth using that instead of the World Tree, but I usually like the World Tree, so I don't know. Okay. 
Don't mind me. Don't talk to me. Would you consider... <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Go on, go on. I was yes. going to say, would no, you please consider Ulamog the ceaseless hunger value? I see it as a three-for-one, sure. Because <laughs> We're not really casting exile, it. Exile, and then if you attack, I mean, just 20, I mean, jeez. Creates so much. Emmer Cole can sometimes be card advantage. I, w- I mean, it, it just, I wouldn't say it gives you card advantage so much as it, it reduces all card advantage of your opponent's. It can sometimes be a card disadvantage, though. Well, yeah, technically, sort of. What do you mean? Like, uh, if you have in your opening hand, or? Uh, no, if you, you know, cast Emrakul, you look at your opponent's hand, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not talking about Ulamog. God. I'm not saying Emrakul. No, I said, I said Emrakul. I said that Emrakul is, I said Ulamog. you know, can be card advantage. Okay. Yes, and then I said also okay, Emrakul. Okay, okay. Emrakul can be card disadvantage if you, you know, you look at your opponent's hand, it's two sweepers, mm-hmm. and they draw a card, and you can't do anything, and then they draw another card. <laughs> You're down a card then. Yeah. Uh, I would say one more card. Uh, I think Soul Guide Lantern. Is, uh, mm, okay. is really good. You know, you can automatically exile something. You can hold on to it to exile more, or you can draw a card. I think that's that's good value. Hmm. All right. Uh, so we had a couple cards that we wanted to talk Let's about. Let's talk yeah. colorless. You know, I, I was going to just more? bring up is the fact that do you consider lands to be card advantage? Yeah, I was like the most obvious because like would be I, I definitely want to call out the castle van- the castle ventress and lock 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 thwain yeah because that one's actually drawing you cards it's 100 percent one for one uh like but is a muta vault value i don't think so i mean if, you, if it's making creatures for example i would actually say um making creatures or like dealing damage what was it the uh one that destroys all with the same mana cost uh Blast Zone? Blast Zone, I think, would probably be a good value card because usually that can be a 2-for-1, 3-for-1, or 4-for-1, depending on you know how many uh, cards they have in play. Would you agree? Do you concur? I think that's fair. <laughs> I concur. There we go. Why didn't I say I concur? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think Medivault. No, I don't think that creates okay. value. I just wanted to you know, bring it up yeah. because there's... It's tough because we see that a lot in Pioneer, where the mono or two-color decks end up having a lot more ability to grind mm-hmm. against decks that are two or three colors. Because you know, if you're trading off your Mutavolt for a March of Otherworldly Light, mm-hmm. that's not being aimed at one of your other creatures. So in the long run, that's kind of gaining you value. Yeah, just because in a long game you're going to have useless lands sitting around. All right, well, is there any other artifact or colorless card you want to talk about, or do you want to go over some of these cards that, you know, not really being played, but maybe they could in the future? Yeah, I want to hear what you got for uh, stuff that's not being played, because I think that's an interesting topic. So, like, we already kind of talked a little bit about Elspeth Conquers Death. We, you know, that could maybe come back in the future. Um, what was the other one? You know, we talked about Magnum Opus as well as another good one that I think, you know... Hmm. If we ever, if people ever decide to play, um, well, I mean, this is another card actually. Uh, the Gear Hulk, um, Torrential Gear Hulk. Yeah, Torrential Gear Hulk really not being being played. That creates a lot of value. I mean, flashing back your Dig Through Time, flashing back a uh, Magnum Opus. Huge, huge. So, again, what? Magma, not Magnum. Mag- Magma? Magnum? Yeah, Magma. Magma Opus. Sorry. It's a play on Magnum Opus, right? It's a play on. Um, like your, yes, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what was I gonna say? Um, what 
metagame do we need? Or like, what, what needs to change for something like Torrential Gear Hulk to be playable again? I think we probably need some better black control cards, maybe, you know, something that would force us into going blue black rather than going white. So we, we need kind of like something that compares to the Wandering Emperor, mm-hmm. or something that compares to uh, the five mana. Yeah, when you when you lose to fairy, I guess, and you lose to Wandering fairy, Emperor, yeah. you get a lot of uh, spaces and you will need some some finishers, right? Yeah, even though removal is really good in white recently, with March being super important against things like those creature lands. Mm-hmm. So, struggling. Blue-black struggling. Uh, okay, so I'll just throw some, some more cards at you, and you can tell me you know where you think it might fit in or why where it might come back. Demilich. I thought, you know, <laughs> I like this seems like a good card. I mean, you get to play a card, you get to play it for cheap, and you can play it from a graveyard, right? Yeah, you know, maybe after three or four other things get banned out of uh, Is It, mm-hmm. and they still have the shell, uh, maybe we'll see something like a Demi Lich showing up. So basically, the problem is there's just too many other choices. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Charming Prince. I know that saw some play in Yorion decks. I hasn't really seen any play recently. Yeah, so, oh, okay, okay, okay. We skipped over because I didn't want to say it in blue or white. Um, we're ta- We skipped Yorion. the biggest value card in the format is Yorion. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting for us to get to Multicolor to name that one. Okay. Uh, that is probably one of the biggest value plays in all of Pioneer. Mm-hmm. It's number one on my list when we go to uh, top five later, mm-hmm. just because usually you're going to play it and you're going to get at least two, three, four cards out of it, and... Mm-hmm. It's a two-for-one on its own because you're playing it from the sideboard. Yep. You're going to get it for free that yep. way. So yep. it, it's always Huge. like a plus-two card advantage at the very least. Yeah, some people are talking about how, like, uh, I was reading on Twitter today that people are like, yeah, Bjornian's OP, you know. Needs, yeah, and you know what? That's a banned. terrible take. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> Luris, He's Luris didn't need to get banned. Yorian is 100% fine, yeah. and the rest of them are, are even more Obash fine. Like, or whatever, yeah. People keep nerfing companions in Pioneer, and they've never been a problem in Pioneer. They were fine before mm. they even got nerfed. I think people just have, like, like it's burned in their memory from, like, Modern or EDH. It's so broken. It's like, you know, they make that assumption that it's broken in Pioneer before actually playing against it because you know i have not seen any yorion decks in pioneer in ages at least not at like yeah, you know, the it big shows events. up it shows up but it's not yeah it'll, it'll, if you had a big popular. event maybe you'll you'll see a couple people playing it or at a local game store but like no one's gonna be not a lot of people are gonna be bringing yorion to like a 200 300 person tournament or something yeah, I feel like there's as much Gigantha as there is Yorian. Mm-hmm. And, like, who's complaining about Gigantha, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully no one. Uh, all right, I got a couple more. Um, sure, go for it. So, yeah, we already talked about Invoke Despair. That was something I had. We had Murderous Rider as well. How about Rankle, Master of Pranks? It's got three modes. Ooh. You could choose all three and if you want. It's not really value. I feel like it's still a tempo card. Yeah? You know, you're not... Because you can draw a card. The only time... They discard The only a time card. you're really getting... Yeah. Yeah, the only time you're really, really getting value is when you have an empty hand and you can make the opponent discard, mm-hmm. or when you have a creature you're okay with trading mm-hmm. one for one for a creature of theirs, which is still not technically card advantage, mm-hmm. even if there is often value in that, especially with stuff like Bloodsoaked Champion. Okay. Um, all right, I got a couple more, and, I've, and again, I've been playing a lot of Explorer recently, and I've seen people playing like those adventure decks. What do you think of Lucky Clover? 
doubles the effect. That's a good one. I think that's definitely a good one. Lucky Clover and the Innkeeper should probably be mentioned. Prosperous Innkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, because those just seem like cards that, you know, they turn your two-for-one adventures into three-for-ones. Mm-hmm. Both both those cards do. And we haven't just we just haven't seen them really show up in Pioneer. Like, there's a bit of a shell there, and it's just not doing anything unfair enough. Um, so maybe if we saw some more adventure cards, or if we saw something like a combo win in the colors that would already be willing to play something like that mm. you know the mono during you know you're usually playing at least three colors in those adventure decks sometimes four because you there's only so many adventure cards so you're having to splash into multiple colors for them so maybe if the mono gets a little better we get a little bit better adventure card or a little bit more of like an unfair thing you could be doing alongside those then we might be able to see like a pure adventures deck mm-hmm. show up and, and i think that yeah that's a great one to call out as like maybe in the future okay uh, I got a, I got a couple. Can more I fun call cards. out my uh, <laughs> yeah. My, yeah? Can I call my dumb pet card that I'm like every time someone's oh, like, you "Yo, what yours, card's I'll gonna be mine. broken in the yeah, future?" Yeah, what's yours? It's a card. I'm like, one day in the future, glimpse the cosmos is gonna be a broken card. That? We just need <laughs> so it's one in a blue. You look the top three, put one into your hand, the other two on the bottom. But if you control a giant, you can cast it for only a single blue mana from mm. your graveyard as well. We just need like one more giant mm. that just is casually playable. One more and it'll be oh. playable. Or like or like a blue red deck that can play uh mutable. Yeah, that, that's that's all I need and it's going to be an amazing card. We've said it before, you know, tri- tribals, you know, it needs a little bit of work in uh, Pioneer. Needs some more tribal <sighs> strategies. All right, your pet card, now my pet card, waste nuts. <laughs> hey, yeah, and you know that's been showing up lately. It I has, think that's the big reason fringe, though definitely still fringe the main reason why it's been showing up lately is because it has such a good matchup against specifically the card ledger shredder and fable which forces yeah fable you don't have to discard mm-hmm. and draw ledger shredder it is not a may mm-hmm. you must draw and discard uh, as much as like four times in a turn cycle mm-hmm. if that's how many spells are being cast yeah so it's a big deal that that forces discards which forces activations of your waste not and really the problem always with waste not is that the hands where you don't have waste not are just significantly worse than the ones that you do because the deck is all built around that. and i think that is like if if people can solve that issue if they can make a deck that can function without um waste not i wouldn't say not be like super strong but still function without it then waste not can be a good deck so like if you draw it really early it's amazing um and then if you don't draw it you can survive until you know you can get it or you know still have you know enough waste because like you know if you're playing like just discard 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 and you have nothing in their hand if you have an alternate win con like uh i don't know just playing croxas or um liliana's or something like that just to keep on dealing all that damage kind of like an eight rack effect you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. But again, you have to worry about people attacking you in hyper aggro decks. So you, you got to find that balance. Not optimized. Could be could be there in the future. You know, I, I kind of think that the, uh, the new Omnix list helped it out a little bit. But anyway, sorry, that was my pet card. Um, any other uh, cards you think not really seeing play but could could see play? I know there's a couple more that have a lot of value. Uh, what do you got? Because I, you know, I'm not as prepared as you, as always. <laughs> Demonic Pact. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, I think that, yeah, you know, the white-black 
kind of shell mm-hmm. I think entirely hasn't been you know doom foretold demonic pact yeah. um some more of those blink cards as well as what is that one that you yeah. exile a creature that you sacrifice so that one's really good and it has been seen play for uh, that is i was gonna say for right of oblivion for our new listeners demonic packs a four mana black enchantments um you can choose <laughs> one of four modes and you have to you can only choose them once and then uh, the first mode is, or I'm sorry, one of the modes is uh, opponent discards two cards. Uh, another one is, uh, what is it, I think four damage to target player? Uh, four damage to any target, any target and you gain four life. Four life. And then the other one I think is you draw two cards? Yes, you draw two cards. And then the fourth one is you lose the game. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like like uh, Kevin was saying, the Doom Foretold deck is like you have to sacrifice a permanent. Um, so it was playing like that, and what was it, Tainted Pact or something like that? Or I can't remember what the name was. The one that's like three mana, black enchantment, that's like draw three cards whenever you draw a card afterwards. Yeah, that card's great. Yeah, so like it plays that in there as well. It's kind of a Yorion deck, I would say, right? It is, yeah. You know, I missed that deck. I wonder what's what's uh, new that we could fit into that one. So, I feel like it kind of fell off. Yeah, I mean, I'm asking you right now, what what could make that deck playable? What do you think? Um, a few people playing it would help. Uh, I yeah. think that it doesn't have the best aggressive matchups mm. as far as... Well, okay, no. It was good against aggro, but the stuff like blue-red, I think, is going to... Destroy it. Possibly walk all over it. Mm. It's tough. I think that's worth testing because, you know, blue-red does play a lot of removal, which there's not a lot of targets for in mm. something like that black-red deck. I'd have to give it a try. Uh, I know that it'll have a bad combo matchup. You know, Lotus Field sounds like a absolute nightmare if you're playing something like that. Okay. All right, I have. You have to take a look. I, I like the deck, so I'll have to take another look. I actually have probably another like fifteen, but I'm only going to do like three more. Is that okay? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <Okay>. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think this is probably suffering from the same problem as Demi-Lich, But what do you think of Bedlam Reveler? The three-four with prowess that costs one less for each, you know, instant sorcery in a graveyard, or is it each card in a graveyard? I think. Each instant of sorcery in a graveyard and then when it comes into play discard your hand and then draw three yeah that's value right especially if you don't have anything in your hand yeah yeah it is or if you're discarding your phoenixes and (laughs) drawing three and then casting those three spells right Yeah. Um, but you think, is it just because there's just too too many good cards in, like, the prowess decks? Or is there another kind of uh, deck that it would fit into? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that there's just too many good cards in that deck already. You know, we already dismissed Demi-Lich for the same reason, is that you know, we've already submit, uh, dismissed things like Crackling Drake for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've dismissed the five-mana one that can cost three if you already pass a spell for the same reason. is just that a glutton of good cards that could be played in that deck okay you end up not being able to play all of them okay all right two more two more i promise okay go for uh, it no please everyone was really high on reckoner bank buster when it first came out you know we basically said okay. it was a uh a vehicle version of what was that other card the portrait no, no. yeah what was that the other two mana artifacts oh, okay it's like i'm trying to cry or it... gain life and draw a card which I also really liked. I was going to say that those, the reason we said it was going to be playable is because that card was seen yeah. minor play, yeah. and this was a uh, an, a Maze Mind Tome. So, card we're yeah, there we go. This is an upgrade on Maze Mind Tome, yeah. but yeah, both of them have kind of just washed out of the format a little bit. So it's a basically it's a 3-3? Three, three? Is it 4-4? Four, four? 
I think it's a four, 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 four two mana. Crew three, I believe. Vehicle, yeah. Crew three, pay two mana, tap it, and uh, draw a card. Or and when yeah. uh, you remove all three counters, you know, from it, oh, I forgot what they bank counters, coin counters, whatever. Uh, you get to put a uh, one one spirit, sorry, one one pilot token into play that pilots with uh, um, three basically. When you're crewing, and you get a treasure token. Is it with the treasure token? It's, oh man, I didn't even know that yeah, treasure so, token was in there too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so the flavor there is that you know you're you're busting in, you're robbing uh-huh. the bank, and then when you're done, you need your getaway so driver. Awesome. So you get the treasure, you get your getaway driver, and and you're out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it's a cool card. We kind of need a like a monocolored mm. or a two color deck that Ooh. doesn't have other better sources of card advantage. Uh, so w- where Maze Mind Tome saw some play in Pioneer was like mono red, uh-huh. but. Um, we just haven't seen that deck show up. I, I should shout out if we're talking about that mono red deck, that cleansing wildfire yes. as a value card. That is a good value card. Yes, <laughs> that's a two mana two for one that also ramps you. Nice, nice. All right, oh, I have to choose one more if that's okay with you. Sure, Last please go one. ahead. Uh, and then I do have one more to shout out. Is we haven't mentioned the great henge that hasn't had okay. a home in a while, and I think worth a strong card, really strong card. Yeah, um, you draw, you get two life, you get to make two mana, and you draw a card. Yeah, huge. And I mean, every, every non creature draws you cards. Yeah, so you can I, change I think some m- stuff with that. The reason it's not being played is because it's like $60. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. the reason it's not being played. Okay. I think that it doesn't have a good home. Uh, the mono green decks have gone away mm-hmm. from being as creature heavy to being more planeswalkers sure. again. So that that's the bigger reason why. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. My last one then. I guess I'll I'll pick a new one. I think this is good. I haven't seen any play. I like Gala Greeters. Okay. So Gala Greeters. Uh, I know it's like. Uh, it's yeah, you can make a creature a... comes into play. Right. Yeah, another creature comes into play. You get to do one that you haven't chosen yet this turn. And I believe it's non-token creature. You get a treasure tapped. You get a life, or you get a like one-one. Yeah, it's like you gain two life, get a treasure token, or you get a plus. They get a plus one counter, and that just that seems really good. You know, if you play three creatures in a turn, um, like for example, uh, uh, tokens or something like that, it, you know, it gets all these things. Mm-hmm. So again, I just think we still don't have a tokens build. Uh, I think this would probably fit really well in a tokens deck. Uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I think it's a little bit underpowered. I, you know, I wish that the treasure token wasn't untapped. Maybe I wish it tri- triggered on itself entering. Mm-hmm. Um, could be a little bit more pushed, but it's a cool little card. Okay. All right. Um, All right, let's do a quick... Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to wrap up by having us each just, like, name out our top five. I think that would be a good way to finish it up here. Um, I at least want to hear yours. I feel like I'm kind of tossing mine around i don't have it quite as well listed but mm-hmm. i know probably my top three and then i'm gonna have to figure out I what mean, I want my last two to be if we go by your rules it, they're probably all gonna be blue cards but uh, i tried to kind of sp- <laughs> no, no, i no. kind of split it around a little bit i, I have nev mizzet as my number one just because you can't okay you know you're gonna at least get like three or four cards i mean sometimes maybe you'll miss but i'm saying that hey you get lots of cards niv mizzet is the card that kind of killed Mid-range. Yes. Uh, you know, whenever it shows up, it kind of kills mid-range, so yes. I'm happy to have that card listed. Number one for me. Yeah. Uh, then I have Omnath, uh, Locus of Creation, just because, like you said before, you get that life, you get extra mana, and then you can deal damage. You know, If you're playing all those lands, I like that a lot. Okay. A lot of, of uh, value there. Uh, I have Kologon's Command as my number three, um, just because, okay. you know, again, there's just all those modes are so good and relevant. 
and uh, collected company again. Uh, top green value hmm. card. Okay. You know, as long as it's around creature decks, still have a chance. And uh, the last one is going to be uh, Dick Through Time and Cruise. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm going to steal Niv and put that at five for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going Cruise as number four. I'm going to say, oh, what was I going to say for number three? Um, I had it a minute ago. <laughs> so I know number two is going to be Yorian. Number one is going to be Enigmatic. Mm. Or, sorry, um, Expressive Iteration. Okay. Yeah. What did I have as my number three here? Uh, I'm blank. Oh, I was going to put Fable of the Mirror Breaker oh, as number yeah. three. Yeah, okay. These are all... So my number five. Yeah, let, let me quick go through that again because I know I'm stumbling over myself. You can't be it at five. <laughs> number four, Treasure Cruise. Number three, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Uh-huh. Number two, Expressive Iteration. Number one. You can't really go Yorian. wrong with either of these top fives. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, they're both Makes a good, good list. Yeah. All right, tell us your top five if you guys heard this or if you checked it out on our Untap Open League website, which is where we're being hosted. Uh, thank you guys to them. But if you want to follow us, the best thing to do is to go ahead and follow us on Twitter at MTG Pioneer. You can find all of our links there. We we retweet all kind of great Pioneer content. We're always talking about new news. You can also find a link to our Discord where you can be more in contact with me and Ryan and anybody else who's playing Pioneer. Yeah, definitely. I think we have, um, what is it? It's the show feedback area. You can come to there on our, our channel and just post your top fives there. Like, what do you think has the best value? We always love reading through those and discussing that with, with everybody on there. And, of course, if you guys want to... Uh, uh, give me uh, a follow on Twitter. You can do that. I am uh, the Japan hobbyist on there, but you can also find me in the uh, the Discord. I'm very active. So looking forward to hearing from you. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We are the first pioneers, and we look forward to being your go-to source for pioneering information online. And we are valuing out. Yes.